0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in. The Cassie Podcast. We're back here again, episode 22 Uh I say this all the time. We have special guests on all the time. Uh I don't bring on anyone who is anything less than special, but you're all special people. Um but this special guest today, uh a good friend of mine, we have Selin with us today. Thank you, Selin, for being here. <laughs> um said off camera we have been trying to get this done since summer is it summer are you're you saying summer but i am um, i don't remember i remember the moment at the train station when we left coaching but
1: maybe a bit more before maybe when the weather was it was a day that we had quite a lot of rain no i'm sure it was
0: see when i first thought about it i was thinking like end of last year
1: to be honest all these years have merged into one <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even put my like i don't remember anything past 2012 honestly 2012 <laughs> honestly you, you know how they said the world was going to end in 2012 <laughs> for me in so my weird. brain the world ended at 2012 because that's like seriously when someone goes oh do you remember this or, Do you remember that yeah. and i think oh yeah 2012 but 2012 that's
0: to 2021
1: I mean. just doesn't exist it's in limbo right now
0: a lot of people say since so um since 2020, 2020, but you went all the way back to 2012.
1: Oh, 2020 has just been <laughs> another level, another um, dimension.
0: No, but it's good to see. You. It's good to have you here. Um, last time I saw you, uh, we was at your workplace, Metrics. Yeah, which was super fun. Uh, and finally I went. I was with some some family, some cousins, and uh, it was good fun to see people embarrass themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people that know don't know, explain to. Me people what metrics is and um what you do.
1: So Metrics is the first company in the UK to offer a fully immersive interactive football experience, um, which basically consists of a pop up in Westfield, White City shopping centre. Um we are currently in the midst midst of designing our new shop, yes. which will still be in Westfield, which has huge, huge, huge developments coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um so. but it's essentially, you turn up, pay the amount that you want to pay, 15 pounds, um, and you have four games that test your key components of football. So, I mean, Usher did quite quite well on the agility. I wasn't even
0: trying that much. Oh, like. is it? I, genuinely, like, <laughs> I got in there and I was like, you know what? Like, if I was trying, trying, I'd be getting hot. Like, this would be a session for me. Yeah. I was like, let me just chill, relax, do me, but not put in that. I was about, I was at 55%.
1: Fifty-five percent
0: to really try and to do. You good. might
1: be challenging the top scorer then if that was fifty-five percent.
0: Fifty-five percent. What do you want me to say?
1: Geez. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, you did quite well in agility. So the agility board basically is lights that come on. Um, each activity is tailored to the difficulty that you set. So I believe you are on pro, um, which means that the light stays on for about zero point three seconds, and yeah. you've got to try and get as many yeah. in forty-five seconds as you can.
0: Yeah, Somebody bad fumble in the bag there. <laughs>
1: I think, what was it, your cousin that got Calvin. like, yeah, he got utter, utter rubbish scores. And I was like, dude. But um, on the point of you saying that you're getting hot and bothered, there was a guy who came in with a Fitbit.
0: And no way.
1: During half an hour, he burnt four hundred and fifty. calories. See, I thought
0: it like, it's serious. And I felt it as soon as I stepped in. Like exactly. I took off my jumper, I took off my jacket. I was like, if I went seriously, I'd be getting hot.
1: Yeah. And that's essentially what we want. We want to kind of create a environment where people the public or professional teams or even people uh children that are starting out with football kind of come in and utilize it as a training session yeah so with the way that the world's going and with the way that technology is becoming such a big part of our lives we kind of want to not replace but implement a training session with the fully immersive interactive experience um and that's what you get metrics
0: oh, that's cool um it was fun uh new Turn up and try to show us up like you don't work there every single day, but whatever. Listen, everybody
1: um, says that we're on the games a lot when we work there, but I believe, believe me, we hardly get any time to ourselves on the game.
0: You're on the game all the time. Let's <laughs> just leave it there. um So, just for a bit of background, a bit of context, uh, I'm sure it was last year we met. I don't, yeah, it was last year, yeah. right? Okay, so last year we met coaching with uh, Little Stars. Right. Shout out to Little Stars. Uh, shout out to Bracken. Um, we were coaching there. I was with the under eights, under nines, I believe. And you was coaching the girls. Under fifteens. Under fifteens. Um so we were a bunch of coaches and we met there. Um and then it was cool, we met, whatever. And then over time just talk if you get to know you, I started to realise you do a little bit of other stuff. Um so talk to some of the other stuff you do. So I know you play futsal. Yes. Um, you coach did you coach somewhere else or
1: Yeah, I used to so currently um we use the word professional but it is the only league in the in the country right now for women's futsal. Yeah. Um so it is the top tier kind of top flight league. Yeah yeah. Um so yeah, I currently represent Helvetia Ladies. Shout out to Um really good development, you know, really into helping and improving players. Um and identification of talent is a strong vocal point yeah. of the club. Yeah. Um, so we do that. We train on Wednesdays, play on Saturdays with the National Futsal Series, um, which due to COVID actually recently, all the fixtures have been postponed um, because of the significant rise of spike in uh, cases. But um, hopefully in January, we'll be backing up and running again um, to the point where we were, where we left off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but one thing that is really good about my team was that we won last uh, summer showdown. So we are, we do have the title of defending England champions. And uh,
0: it's, it's the thing that's like a lot of what you're saying is going to be new to a lot of people just because the publicity is, just isn't there yeah. for the general person, not the general person, for the person who's even interested in sports like me. There's a lot of stuff there that I would hear and I'll be like, I haven't heard of it before. Yes. Um. But just because the publicity isn't there. So you just said there is right now only one league. Yes. For how many teams are in the league?
1: So there's currently four, no, eight in the south okay. and eight in the north.
0: Um. um and that's. So is it two leagues and they come is it all just one league?
1: Yeah, it's one league divided into north and south. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um and what happens is so we've just finished the qualifiers. Um so the top four teams of the South and the North will then merge into the National okay. League. Yeah, yeah, Um and because obviously with the divide of the country, we don't have a permanent Foot South Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't agree with, but logistics wise, operations wise, yeah. I don't know why they haven't given us, you know, an actual stadium of futsal because yeah, that's yeah. how the, the sport will grow. Yeah. Um so yeah, because we we don't have the ability to play such as Birmingham or Wolverhampton or not even it's not Wolverhampton, it's Worcester. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um or Liverpool, the top four of the leagues then get put into a draw. Okay. Um and then we get to play the the, the north and they get to play us the yeah, South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will give us a much better You know, it's not better competition, it's more variety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it like that. And then from there it will then go to the last I think it's the last I'm not quite sure how the league is set up, but from that, the top four, I think, then go off to the playoffs.
0: Um so how many how many leagues are there for the Males Futsal? There are two. There are two leagues.
1: At the moment. Yeah. NFS one, which is futsal series one. And the NFS2, which is nat- National Futsal Series 2.
0: Um, <clears throat> so that's the closest I've come. Even male football team, I don't see that much. But that's the closest I've come to seeing a uh, Futsal at a serious level in this country. Um, you see videos, tons of videos in other, like, South American countries, etc., etc. et cetera. Like, they come up on your feed or something on social yeah. media. But uh, in terms of in this country, if it would come across, like my view, whatever, whatever platform it is on, it is males futsal. Um, it does, in, is there, there's an England males futsal team?
1: No. So currently before Corona, um, there was an England male futsal team. There wasn't a women's, but there is a deaf women's futsal team. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But during COVID basically what happened was, was the, uh, FA the Footballing Association. I, think I remember.
0: It. I remember you telling me about this when it was coach. Yeah.
1: Pulled the plug on Futsal funding. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if it costed them too much or if they thought it was a waste of money or I don't know the backing behind it, but they pulled the plug on it, yeah. um, which was a shame because I had a friend, brothers actually, who are playing for England Futsal. Yeah. And, you know, when you hear someone talking about a match, when they have that passion and they have that energy, and they have that enjoyment and excitement yeah. related, relatable to the sport. I reckon it gives like a unique selling point kind of thing. Because from, in my opinion, futsal is a better sport than football. That's my opinion. It's much faster. There's no hiding. Yeah. You don't have that person who wants to take the extra touch to be yeah, selfish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all about rotation. It's all about, you know, movement. How can we break lines with the ball? Because yeah. it's such a smaller court. Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, playing both sports at a very high level, I do prefer futsal. So yeah, they, they pulled the plug. Um, we were only able to run this last summer showdown on a sole investor. So one person invested into the league, which was why we were then able to kickstart the summer showdown, which was when we came out of lockdown. Now the FA have done an amazing job in providing us the opportunity to have this level of platform. However, it doesn't stop there. You know, they need to understand that and I'm sure they do and I'm sure they have their reasons, but they need to, uh, in my opinion, it needs to be, Futsal needs to be included in a core curriculum yeah. in school. Yeah. Um, currently I work in in a, a private school in central London, London City for Girls and um, I've been asked to implement Futsal in their private, you know, in the private sector yeah. and the girls they love it, they enjoy it, but they also see the importance of ball mastery skills that futsal gives you to then transfer that onto a bigger pitch. You know, like the old Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Triangle, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. It's basically all related to do a futsal.
0: Is this uh, in schools, to the football teams in schools, or everyone in their PE sessions, for example?
1: Yeah, I think it should be included in PE, PE um, sessions because... I mean, I don't understand. It. If if football is included in PE, why don't we include futsal? You know, like dodgeball and handball, they're included in the curriculum.
0: Mm, they could be merged into one, really. Exactly.
1: But... Like that. That's a funny point you say, actually, because one of my really good friends who also plays for Helvese, Arabelle, shout out. Um, Really, really good friend of mine, a really close friend of mine. She grew up in Spain and mm-hmm. came over here for her master's degree for engineering um and in spain they actually don't have football and futsal they have a thing called futbolista and the yeah. basically what it is is in preschools so primary schools yeah they they don't have the choice of football futsal but they have incorporated both of them into this yeah. new sport which is played indoors with a heavier ball um and then they do that until i think it's year seven i believe I can't remember. She told me what age they do up to. Yeah. And then they get to choose between football, going down the route of football yeah, yeah. during their lessons or going down the route of futsal. Yeah. And it goes back to your point about how accessible it is in other countries compared to here. Weather permitting, obviously, mm. but that's not really an excuse because it's indoor. Yeah. But for example, from t- in Turkey, whenever we used to go back every year, um, in every villa complex, there'd be a five-a-side pitch with them really little goals. Mm that everyone would be playing at during the day, barefoot, you know, or on the beach. They have a, a small futsal court on the beach. So it's in Brazil as well. Every single corner you see, there's a football futsal pitch.
0: And it's it's, it's funny because in like these areas, in these like areas we grew up in, these hoods we grew up in, there are cages. All right? yeah. Like in most of them, there are cages where people go and play. You know, you've got the goal and then you've got the yeah. basket figure on top of it and yeah. you've got lines for like two, three different sports. So there are cages around. Just why is it not perpetuated uh, as much in this country than it is in other European, South American countries?
1: I think for us, I think there isn't a heavy focus on it. Uh, it's a new concept, really and truly, compared to football, which has been around for centuries. Yeah. You know, it is a fairly new concept. It's always been there. You know, that famous Jogo Benito uh, video of yeah, Ronaldinho, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was, then the there was ornery, There was a bunch games. of them. Yeah, 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 all of them. They... That's what basically kick-started the world, or mainly England.
0: Was it the early 2000s? Early 2000s?
1: Yeah, I think it was, I think it was like 2001, and one, two or yeah. 2003 South or, or something yeah. like that. Um, I used to love them videos. And, you know, he's a role model. So yeah. if, if you've got someone like him on a Jago Bonito yeah. TV, which would yeah. used to be our life, yeah, like yeah. we always used to refer back to Jago Bonito videos, um, then surely you would utilize that publicity to then kind of implement the sport yeah. in a different country. Um, funny enough though, so when my dad ended his professional career um, and he really truly like invested a lot of time in me when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I owe all of my credit and my success to my father and my mother for supporting me throughout my whole career with football um, and now futsal. But he used to take me every Thursday to dorm as well as high school in West London. Um, and we used to play indoor five-a-side with ex-professionals. Sick. So I used to grow up yeah. with the intensity of futsal. Yeah. Um, and then when I used to play for Brentford, my first club that I played at, my high school, um, my primary school teacher actually in year six put me through a trial to Brentford um, when they set up the girls team. And I managed to get in. And they had a separate program. Do you remember London Youth Games? Yeah,
0: London, it rings a bell. London In Youth
1: Crystal games. Palace. Yeah, it rings a bell. Um, I remember the name. Yeah, so... West well Ealing competed in the London youth games and it was with five lives so it's like futsal but it's it was the ball where literally you could drop it and it wouldn't bounce there was no overhead height so that was the restriction of how high the ref was was how high the ball could go um it wasn't really a structured sport it was just like a tournament that kind of implemented the, the the futsal aspect but yeah that's where I really learned that indoor side was an actual thing yeah, yeah. and there was, it was an actual sport yeah, and it yeah. wasn't just to kick around with yeah. ex professionals in yeah. the hall. Um, so I took that up and then it just stopped with within like a click of a the fingers. There was nothing anymore. It would, I don't know what happened. Yeah. It just disappeared. Um, so it's good to see it back up and running. However, I do feel like a lot more needs to go into it. A lot more money needs to go into the sport. You know, there's already discrepancies, that we can see yeah. between the men and the women, um, and I is. think the FA are trying to pull the women's games up as much as they can.
0: I I was talking to someone just yesterday who they play netball, and their netball season got um, cancelled because of all the variants and the stuff going on with COVID. And netball's not even a, a contact sport. Yeah, <laughs> but all the levels of football with the males will continue to go on, yeah. and like you could get people's faces in football. So it's just like. Why are you can't? so? It's just, and it's not like a big question mark. Why is this happening? Just because if it's not, if it's something that doesn't produce that much money for them, yeah, they're gonna cancel it out.
1: And I feel like sport needs to move away from that, from that motto. Yeah. I, I feel like from me growing up anyway, from, you know, a young young kid, it used to be about the taking part that counts, and it used to be about giving your best performance yeah. you can as a player and as a team. Now all of these advances have come into it, you know about the roles and responsibilities of each player on the pitch. Thanks to Kane, <laughs> the striker's responsibilities now have changed from when I was playing to to now, to that he needs to now get back in yeah. the, the, his own 18-yard box. Thanks you know, k- from the stat sports, you yeah, yeah. have that GPS pod. His heat maps showing him defending in his own 18-yard yeah, yeah. box. And now that's become a thing for strikers as they have to do that end-to-end running, you know, if you want to create that extra man overload.
0: You think that was because of Kane
1: yeah I do think so I do think so I think he was the first person to be seen really really tracking back and I think yeah. that's why his game kind of dipped a bit in the recent years because he was spending so much time trying to carry the ball forward yeah that there was no outlet so finding that balance in terms of in a in a team the response roles and responsibilities or something I think has advanced which has moved the sport more towards a money money game rather than a competitive game with the old values and cause Um, and I think that's what's really hurting the sport at the moment is I don't see how and a lot of people might hate me for this but I don't see how players who kick a ball around on on a football pitch have more money or get more money than a doctor that saves people's lives You know, as much as I love it runs through my veins and don't get me wrong, like football is my life. I used to sleep with a football. There's a picture of me when I was two years (laughs) of age on them old JVCs (laughs) and yeah, on a tape recorder of me sleeping with a football. My mum tries to take it away from me and I wake up like, trust me, football runs through my veins, but I just don't get, you know, millions millions of pounds are going to these it's, players.
0: It is, it is like so I would just be like, And it's what? entertainment.
1: And I think that derives from the whole golden triangle aspect. Yeah. So sponsorships, media, and then the sport. I think that's what's been the main driving force for all of this money to be plummeted into football. But I don't see why that money can't be shared yeah. to then pl- put that much money and effort and investment into Futsal. Because at the end of the day, like, in my opinion, If a player, you know, has a -a five-a-side court or even just one half of the five-a-side court and can master the ball movement and, you know, his ball or her her ball mastery skills are excellent and, you know, they are able to break lines and move players with just, I don't know, four-second attack. What goes to say that they can't transfer that out onto an 11-a-side pitch, which is almost triple the size, quadruple the size of a foot pitch with an x amount of players that you have more you have like two teams yeah in a football pitch or a futsal pitch so for me i just hope and wish that the future generations don't suffer in the way that you know talent and identification is is just literally
0: it's um, through the sieve and you'd think is that
1: is that, is that a saying through the it is
0: at the classic at the podcast show um <laughs> there was a and it is as easy as that as easy as them going we want to put an emphasis on this sport done and the sport will grow because i imagine i remember like i'm not remember because but i see and i have seen the growth of just female football in general exactly and when the moment when you know the world thought you know what let's actually give them some backing yeah bang like there's more teams more teams in the league, more teams at uh, youth levels. There's more teams at youth levels for people to go coach at. Um, their quality is growing,
1: and that came from the BBC deal. Uh,
0: that it came like I remember. Um, I people like ask like, people, not people ask, but people wonder. People that don't watch female football, um, wonder like why America, like f- for most part, like dominates, um, the sport. And I thought about it like. Cause America has so much resources and like yep. they're such a like a powerful force. The moment they decided to think, oh, female football is getting quite big, let's actually put something in it now, boom, like yep. they just their development just went dramatic, dramatically increased. Yep. Um,
1: and that's why all of us go out on scholarships there <coughs> instead of retaining you, the talent in the country.
0: If was was a female, you, you would, you would. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's something actually I've uh, been wondering why. You see nothing about the female league out there.
1: Yeah, it's what
0: do what do you know what the league is called? I don't even know. Like all yeah. the big players, like uh, Rapinoe, um Who's the face of American football? I've got her name: Strat- Morgan, Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan. Um, all of them, I know. I know one of them recently came to Arsenal. Females, Arsenal ladies. Um, I've got her name, but I, like, cause I watch them football, like I see all these, I see all of them. But I'm like, I've never seen these girls play for their own leagues. Yeah, and I was like, and I thought, but why is the female the female league out there, why is it there's no publicity for that at all? You so see MLS, just not. They've doing.
1: they've recently really started to plummet ah, uh, I don't know, but it goes to show it, it just, you know, for me there is an increased amount of publicity yeah. from when I was playing course, yeah. for Barnet Ladies for London Bees. Um and that has come from our success in the World Cup because the women's have always out the males now one thing I will say on that is I, I I guarantee you people will say oh but women's football is is rubbish compared to men's football and what I always say to people especially people that come into metrics and see females playing or you know I do skills outside yeah, the, the yeah. shop and they stop and they they're like wow yeah, but it's yeah. the same skill as what a man
0: can do yeah.
1: you know I always say to them I said you cannot compare two sports that are on different l- ends of the spectrum. It's, it's,
0: they're totally it, different? Exactly. It's like <laughs> trying
1: to compare. Uh, so, for example, how I how I get people to think is, if Usain Bolt and is it Gatlin? Gatlin. Yeah, Usain Bolt and Gatlin they run hundred meters. Yeah. Now, if Usain Bolt was on it in performance enhancing drugs and Gatlin was completely clear, they wouldn't be allowed to race in the same race mm. if, if performance enhancing drug was legal. Yeah. So, how, in my opinion, how are you comparing men's football, which would be Usain Bolt, yeah. comparing to Gatlin, which will be women's football? and putting them in the same basket when they are literally like we said two ends of the spectrum
0: it's it's more of just an ignorant common people are not really understanding what they're talking about um
1: and i don't understand also sorry to interrupt you yeah. they don't understand that us females we have to have a job on the side we don't get paid millions like the males we don't get paid 200 no
0: no even I'm, even
1: even the players like sam kerr and frank kirby who are now Chelsea just won. They beat Arsenal, yeah? Even they are not on the same amount. No, they're
0: nowhere near the same amount of money. Not even
1: two-digit thousands, just thousands, yeah?
0: No, I'm sure they don't need a job. Bro, I'm telling
1: you, they are not even breaking. I don't think they're even breaking 20,000 on a contract. I really, truly don't. If they are, then that's fabulous. And it's a very good step forward. But still, compare that to millions. Yeah,
0: they're not getting paid nowhere near. Exactly.
1: Now, we have to go to work we have to come back from work, we have to cook dinner or, you know, look after our our spouses or our partners or our children, whatever. And then we've got to go to training. Now that influences our energy levels. We haven't got the same privileges as men's footballers do in the sense that they wake up, they have their food prepped for them. They have their training sessions and, you know, their sports massage or their therapists or all of these little minute details that Add to the bigger picture that help them with the ease of training or playing. They don't have to go to work. They don't have to do a nine hour shift yeah. to then drive to then go to training to then train for two hours to then get back up, gone one o'clock yeah. to then start our days again. That that doesn't happen with male football.
0: Yeah, I uh, the way I saw it was if he wasn't playing for you know Chelsea late females, Man City, Arsenal. You were probably gonna have to you're probably gonna have to earn some other money with football. If you don't I play do for like so. them three teams, that's the way I saw it. Um, and it's and it's like and even them ones that are in them three teams, they're not getting paid nowhere near as much as like a championship side yeah. for for Bell's football. Um, but this is the way I the way I see to be when people say like them have them ignorant comments about oh, it's nowhere near as well blah about the men's football's like. So you had that example of you saying ball and Gatling. The way I see it is it's like you're comparing a twenty-three-year-old man who's been playing football his whole life to a tw- to a eight-year-old boy. It's like, <laughs> female football has only really been putting emphasis on it since like last maybe three years. Yeah, but like in terms of like, so real serious backing like money wise probably last five or so years. Um, but in terms of like, actually,
1: oh, well, it, was, it was the last World Cup that we got equal pay for international.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That was
1: the last World Cups. So how long was the last World? Cup? Three years. Three, right. Two years ago. Three years ago.
0: But um, in terms of like, because females have been playing for a long while. We yeah. just didn't know. And yeah. it wasn't watched at all. It was like in the park, basically. But females have been playing for a while. um, And the way I see it, like, they've only... Like, because England World Cup, when was the first one? It was... The first female World Cup was... I remember seeing this. It was early, if, early 2000s, the first yeah. World Cup. So it's like, let's say early 2000s, late 90s is really when you know they went and had their first world That's cup It's interesting actually. um because i remember looking at this and seeing who teams at what teams are winning it but it's like males football and world cup has been going on since 40s 50s 60s it's like you can't compare somewhat you can't compare male football to female football when male football has been going on for over 100 years like it's ridiculous um
1: Nineteen ninety one was the first women's World Cup in France, first, right?
0: Exactly. So, and I remember seeing this, and I was like, "Wow, this has been going on for a long while." So let's say since the nineties, it's late nineties, and you're comparing that to the first men's World Cup, which I don't know when it was, but early early nineteenth century, I mean, nineteenth uh, century. So it's like, how can you like, look at male football, and look at female football, and say, "Oh, but they're not, yep. uh, they're too." Bro, like they've only just started, like. Let's say if everybody started at the same level. Everybody started at the same year to think, okay, let's put in the emphasis on this certain thing now. The teams with the most the teams, the country with the most resources and the most power is the team is the country that are gonna progress the most. Yeah. It's that Formula One. The teams that progress the most and have the best cars. The best are the the, most are the the most the one with the most money. So Ferrari, Mercedes, etc. Um Renault won't Compete nowhere near Mercedes they're a midfield card right Yeah, yeah. exactly so with America when everyone sort of got this thing of actually let's really put some emphasis and money into this and see what happens the teams like England like America are going to flourish the most yeah because everybody was sort of starting within the same level um that's why
1: Sweden's very good with uh women's football
0: yeah Uh, they are in there because I've seen Holland's in there Sweden's in there yeah um
1: Holland's got quite a France strong team. France is in team. there. France France, is France has got a very strong team. Um, but you know, this is the thing and this is the difference is that... So you saw... Did, I don't know if you saw Barcelona play against Arsenal. Uh,
0: I, I saw the... I saw highlights. I wish I was going... I was supposed to watch the game. I okay. did But I just saw they just got...
1: So that is a pure example as to how futsal yeah, yeah, yeah. helps football players yeah. on the pitch. Because Barcelona thrashed arsenal okay and that's no disrespect to arsenal and Arsenal supposed they... to be like a
0: serious exactly team.
1: <laughs> although chelsea have i saw that game them. i saw that yeah. game chelsea so arsenal have them. started to drop down and yeah. chelsea are now coming in the forefront dominant um women's team but that is a classic example of how players can have transferable skills that are taught to them at a young age which therefore kind of like is, is it becomes an innate yeah. yeah it becomes an innate routine so then you know like with Barcelona they don't have to think about where the next player is going to be they know yeah, yeah. from the amount of patterns that they've yeah, done yeah. in training yeah. and when they've played together they know that there's yeah. going to be someone at three points of a corner of, of, of a triangle when you're playing a match and it's very evident when you watch the match how they outplayed the English team, you know yes, what I'm sir.
0: saying? And and it's been a thing for years in Melbourne where uh, now from most seasons, there are there are two, three teams, English teams that make it in like the semis or the yeah. quarterfinals at least in a Champions League. But for years, years, English teams weren't getting past quarterfinals round of 16, they weren't getting past it. But Premier League and English League were supposed to be the best, best league, in the league in the world. But then we'd go into the Champions League and teams in... Italy and Spain and France yep. would, not France, but teams around Europe would just beat us off the park and we would get no win in the Champions League. And then you look at it like, well, we're the best team, we're the best league in the world. Why are none of the teams in our league Producing making it anywhere? Same. And yep. it was because of that. Because a team in Spain, for example, Barcelona, Madrid, 90% of their players are all Spanish players and they've all been raised and played a certain way. Yep. So when you come up against a team in England who haven't really got that DNA in them, yeah you're Going to get played off the park, and that was happening for many years now. To be fair, um, it's more of a level playing, it's more field. of a level playing. My city's always in there, Liverpool's always in there, um, Chelsea's in there a bit as well. Um,
1: a bit. Chelsea's the best team, uh,
0: yeah, whatever. That's okay <laughs> <for that>. um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like that's to be fair. That's the when you know, I watched the World Cup, the last uh, female, uh, was it the last one? I think it was the last one where America beat Thailand like 13-0 oh yeah I think it was a group stage match and it was because of that reason I was saying is because when you all start at the same level the teams that have the money yes. and are able to actually produce something yes. you're gonna be developed way faster and way quicker yeah. than a team like Thailand who doesn't have the resources like that Yeah. and I would think about if, Ameri- if America got into football back years 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 back when the whole world did <laughs> America would be and even now like the players that they're coming America are coming up yeah once they realise oh crap, like people are actually paying attention to this so yeah. let's put some back into it. There are so many American players playing in Europe now. Yeah, there's and a, that there's comes about six from, of them that play.
1: That came from the retired players from England Gold. going out yeah. to LA Galaxy yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and all of these like uh, David Beckham started up a new one into re, into Miami into, yeah, yeah. into Miami FC. And it came from the retired players going out there and raising the standard yeah, yeah. so then yeah, yeah. everybody else had to also raise the standard to then be able to compete. However, what I will say on the point that you said about Thailand is, there comes a point with female football that culture becomes a barrier. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah and
1: yeah. certain countries in the world, unfortunately to say, don't allow women to play football, um, which I think it's ridiculous. But I can't comment on that because I'm not the one running the country. Yeah. Um, and that comes with discrepancies. That that's what causes discrepancies because for a sport to grow, for example, tech ball. Yeah, backed by William Gallas, Ronaldinho and Puyol. That is now the fastest growing sport in the world. The fastest growing sport, tech ball. It's the, you know, in metrics where we had the table, where you had the table tennis ball on your feet. That is the fastest growing sport in the world right now. And that is because the amount of backing they've put into that. When you have the likes of Ronaldinho, Puyol, William Gallas.
0: Is it classed as a sport?
1: It is a sport. They just held the world championships in Poland. And the Brazilian female has just become the first female to win. Was it the mixed doubles with along with her teammate yeah. um, in the world championships? So, you know, I don't understand. It really baffles me how a sport that's only been going on for the last three or four years has now got this much back in that there is a world championships being held in Poland right now. Um, or it's just finished, which cater to mixed doubles,
0: yeah.
1: um gender doubles, so yeah. males or females, um, singles, and they actually include yeah, yeah. a league for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> less able yeah, bodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um which, you know, still fascinates, fascinates me how Futsal isn't up there. Um and it's been a it's been a sport for much longer than tech ball. Um, And yeah, you know, like you said, the countries that do have the most resources can kind of like put in more money for science, sports, promotion, sponsorship, deals, you know, all of this stuff. But then it comes back to my point of sport needs to kind of like move away from the whole money aspect and it needs to go to the aspect of how can we create teams and a common understanding of the sport in order to improve everybody's ability at the same time not just for example the top teams you compare Swansea to Chelsea there's a massive difference and they're both in England so it's got nothing to do with cultural barriers or age barriers or religious barriers or anything like that it's to do with the amount of money that the club has right like you said so I think in order for the sport to progress in the right way it needs to seriously be reevaluated. And talent identification needs to be reevaluated because when I got my opportunity to go to an England trial when I was 15, you know, I didn't get picked because I missed out on one shuttle run in the yo-yo test, right? One shuttle run. As you get called up by England and it's a four-stage trial. So you have your first trial where they do like 11 a side matches so they can kind of scope out the talent. And then they do a second trial where you get called back And it's more technical. So you have a technical training session. The third trial is a fitness test. Now, I understand fitness is a very, very, very important component of football. And with my degree, that's become very evident. With sports and exercise science, I've seen that. It allows elite performers to add that extra 1-2% in their performance, which is what they're trying to do all the time. But letting someone go when I was playing alongside the current england players when i was 15 16 17 and i was giving them a run for their money on the football pitch let me go and um, it might be personal but let me go because of one shuttle run i think is absurd mm. i genuinely think it's absurd and recently through working with metrics that is what we are trying to eradicate we are trying to I- implement a virtual immersive training you know aspect of football that will coach players from I don't know, the likes of 18 months all the way through to six, seven years of age and then hopefully allowing them kids to have the opportunity to then filter through the system into academy clubs or professional clubs. Because, and that's both girls and boys. Yeah. Uh, we we actually are a very big advocate to have as many girls in as yeah. we can compared yeah. to boys just yeah. so we can that's help yeah, yeah. raise the game of women's football. Um, and I think, yeah, I I think I, I it just baffles me. It really does baffle me how it's not. There must be a reason. I know a lot. I can name six or seven female players right now that I would put in the national squad, and they're my friends that you know have just had to go about doing their life yeah. in a whole different way yeah. because they haven't had the backing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Of talent identification.
0: Um. There was something that I uh, you did. Oh. Well. Might be last year, beginning of this year. Um, I forgot what they're calling out with BT Sport. Ultimate that Goal. That was Ultimate Goal, that was it. And I remember this was, I remember I was, I was seeing like ads with this when this was like when your, was it your, was your the first season or was yeah. yours first? The
1: OG season. <laughs>
0: so I remember when this thing for BT Sport's Ultimate Goal was coming out and I was interested in it and I got the gist of what it was about. I remember seeing like ads or whatever, trailers for it um but I, I don't like watch BD sport like that I don't have BD sport so I just did I time passed I just forgot about it um but then me and you coaching and whatnot when we met I realised you got into it and whatnot um and I was one of the things I was to chat to you about what that was um what the process was how you enjoyed it how you found it because it seemed like it was an interesting process like it wasn't just watching females train and play matches like it got into some people's lives yes. and stories and barriers and you know, and it was specific to females. I don't think they do a male's one.
1: No, that's so. Ultimate goal essentially was the first ever reality TV series um, revolving around football, yeah. to do with women's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and essentially, what it is is players that have a story whereby football has helped them throughout their life. So, for example, for myself, I was bullied very much every, like very much so, every day. Um, of my high school in life and a bit of my le- latter years of primary school um, for playing football. Mm. Um, and the sport <laughs> that I was getting bullied for was the one thing that kept me going. Um,
0: it's funny, just like it's not like you was, like talking about your 80s. Like This is just 10, 5, 10 years ago.
1: You know, one of the mantras I always live by is... Um, I'll have to get my phone up for this. <laughs> but... Because I have one, which is kindness is a gift that everyone can afford to give. But also um, is that people that will disagree and rage with hate and jealousy are the people that know that someone, are the people that are afraid of you telling the truth. Mm. And I feel like that was very relevant to, it was mainly boys that bullied me. And I genuinely think it was because they were jealous. Um, You were better than them. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm better than them. But when you're a female cap cap, captaining, is it captaining?
0: Captain. You were the captain or...
1: When when you have a female who is the captain of a boys' football team yeah. in year seven, yeah. I'm sure it damaged a lot of that boys' yeah, yeah egos. Yeah. Um. Some some players on that team really really like pushed me and helped me and you know encouraged me to play and they didn't see, like bat an eyelid about it. Yeah. But other people in the team took it to an extreme level and it turned out yeah, yeah. uh, I turned out to get bullied by it. But At the end of the day, like I do, thank them for my success now. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be who I am today.
0: Whose decision was it to make a captain in that team? Was it the coaches?
1: Yeah, the coaches. It was the high school coach. Um, he. I like like he did that. He he put me as a captain from year seven all the way till year year nine when the government brought out that stupid rule. So I I had to get dropped, and that's when I I used the motivation um to go to head of PE Miss Payne again one of the most important people and there wasn't a girl there wasn't a girl team there was so this is the thing so in my in my high school Drayton Manor um in Hanwell there was always men's teams um there was only women's teams for netball which we excelled in and I think tennis uh I can't swim in maybe I, yeah, there was yeah, a team, that much. but in the minority sports, yeah. you know. So when I got dropped in year nine from the boys' football team, I went to Miss Payne, who was the head of Department of Peace, still is there. Um, and I said to her, I said, Miss, like, we need to create a, a women's football team. I said, we need to have a girls' football team. Yeah. and you, you need to enter us into middlesex competitions and yeah. hopefully we can get to the national um, competition. And at the time, due to the, let's say, you know, I don't know how to put this in a very light term. She didn't really get support and backing. Um, So, you know, and because of how much she had on her plate, because of the support that wasn't there, she just didn't have the time to cater to a girls football team. I mean, if you think about the logistics of having a football team in the school, like going to fixtures and everything like that, it just wasn't feasible. But I kept knocking at the door and essentially I ended up beating the door down (laughs) and she gave in. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to that school because then I'm basically seen as like a, a legacy setup. And
0: they have female.
1: Yeah, and now team. every single year has a female team mm-hmm. that compete competes in football from Dr- that represent Draytonman High School. It's amazing. And we ended up reaching the national finals. We lost and, on penalties.
0: And how long would it have been until they got female sports if you wasn't constantly telling her we need to get it out, we need to get it sorted? <sighs> how long would it have been? I mean, you imagine they would have got a female team now, but you imagine they would have, yeah, you know, but how long would it have been after?
1: So that, that was, if I was to put it, I reckon 10 years after us leaving, they would have finally gone. Oh, let's put, you know. Genuinely, there was not, there was no interest in women's football or girls football in the school before. Like, yes, we had it in PE and stuff like that. But to be honest, my year, we were very fortunate. I was very fortunate because we had some really key players um, in our year Mm. that never played football in their life but as soon as we with a bit of <laughs> coaching a bit of training we ended up winning five Middlesex Cups we ended up winning all the b- the Borough tournaments yeah. and we ended up going to the national final in the whole country and playing against a team that had three England internationals and only marginally losing on one penalty one penalty was the reason why we didn't get there so uh,
0: it's an amazing story um, 2015
1: was the highlight of my uh, school year but like
0: I said, ultimate goal Yes. Um, continue. Where was you? You was
1: ultimate goal. So it gives people that platform to tell their stories through football, and it gives them the opportunity to let people know what adverse adversity is. It adversity. Yeah, adversity that they go through that yeah. we we come across yeah. whilst uh, playing the sports. Um, you know, uh, another person <sighs> lost her mum to cancer unfortunately to say, and football was what carried her. Another person lost their dad um, for another reason and football allowed them to to kind of channel themselves and progress through life. So it's very interesting to, to hear the background and, you know, the levels of what we go through that are very unnoticed. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of male footballers of course, have humans. also gone through humans, the same yeah, thing because yeah. we're yeah. humans, exactly. We, we are affected in different ways, but it's there's no platform for them yeah. to uh, speak about that because yeah. as soon as you speak about that, you become judged. Yeah, yeah. You be- you're seen as weak or you're seen as, you know...
0: It's a vulnerable place.
1: Vulnerable. That's the word I was looking for. You're seen <laughs> as vulnerable and weak. And it's just like, bro, come on, give us a rest. Like yeah, yeah. we go through the same stuff. If not, you know, a lot harsher stuff because it's a sporting environment, then most people think yeah. that we do. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, Ultimate Goal really got us the opportunity to really showcase some of the problems that we come across in women's football
0: um how did you find it
1: i mean it's a mixed bags bag of uh emotions for me i
0: how long was the process i mean how long it was 10 days it was 10 days only. 10 days of
1: full full filming so cameras on rolling from breakfast all the way through to end time
0: did you go to you went to did you go to a specific place to be
1: yeah we were at saint george's park okay so we had the ability to have we stayed at saint george's park for 10 days well i say we stayed what happened was is It was two weeks, so it was over two weeks. So the first week we got there, we had to prove to the mentors and the coaches that we wanted to be, that we were good enough to be in the final squad of 16 to play against a professional team. Because
0: they only filmed the final 16?
1: No, no, they filmed the whole 10 days. But so what it was was on the fifth day, there was a cut. So 31 girls got cut to 16 girls. Okay, yeah. Um, And if you didn't make the cut, you wouldn't then be, you'd go home. So you weren't allowed to stay at St. George's Park. You also weren't allowed to, participate in the last match of the si- of of the series yeah. which was the showcase match. So yeah, I I made it through got into the last 16 was there for the whole 10 days. I don't think it'll be something I ever do again in in terms of for ultimate goal. Yeah. There was a lot of politics involved in it um which is a shame because I reckon uh, without the politics it would be an amazing pedestal yeah. for women's football but due to the the whole shenanigans that were going around and me hearing so much stuff when I've come off of it I don't think I would ever want to you know do be associated with anything to do with ultimate goal again um just purely for the sake of you know just a personal experience as well I, I remember talking to the producer before the final show came out and it's very interesting to be in a filming environment Mm. and then you having you seeing the final product Mm. on tv now this is national tv we're not talking about a couple hundred people a couple thousand people this is bt sports national like i've had people come to metrics saying oh my god you are an ultimate goal this is national and you know that's what really put me off coming out of it it really put me off of the series was that the politics was portrayed through that program and a lot of people have picked up on it and they've come into the, short st- the the shop and they've said, oh, you're nothing like what they portrayed you as on TV. And I was like, yeah, because going back to me talking to the producer, what happened was they edited, they actually filmed <laughs> some stuff which was not filmed, like not it's scripted stuff yeah, to make me look bad. And then I, I messaged the producer at the end and I said, I'm not going to say his name, but I said, yo, I said, how comes you've, scripted this bit of the scene yeah. to 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 basically slate me and he goes oh we need a villain in the show he now he said that to, said that to me and on instagram don't. direct he said that to me he said we need a villain in the story um or something like he said something along the lines of we need someone who who is who t- has a journey throughout the 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 series and i said yeah that's fine I can have a journey but I've spent my whole life having to prove to people that what they've been told is wrong about me and you know how some people have portrayed me to other people it's been negative and it's because I believe it's come from a place of jealousy now that might be a very very big statement to state but if you're getting told in a national tv program that you are the person picked to be the the, the villain of the yeah. the, the yeah. Um, series. And then in the last episode, he, and then he says to me, oh, but in the last episode, all become clear. And all it was, was Eni apologizing to me for being harsh on me throughout the whole 10 days of us being there. But that still doesn't give them any right yeah, to yeah. script. Yeah some scenes to then put into that oh you know let's add that atmosphere or because it's my life that they're messing with they're making a joke out of my life and like I've said a lot of people have come into now metrics and have said oh how comes they were saying this about you when we're here with you we've been here for an hour and you're nothing like how you were on on tv um so I just because of that sake I'll, I'll probably will never do anything with ultimate goal again even if I got the opportunity, I, I would turn it down.
0: And it's, uh, and it's, it's the same because this is like really rarely show these are things that you, you know, happens like you, when you, someone asks you, do you think this is just full on authentic, every little thing, like you can figure out something like this happens. There was, um, I guess we had on a while ago at the beginning of the year. Um, I think it was Jennifer. She was a model and she was on uh, America's Next Top Model a while ago. And there was something similar that happened there with her, like something had happened and. The way they had edited it and released it was as if it, they just portrayed it a different way than yeah. what it actually was. And she talks about that a bit. And it's like, you know, I just things don't get like this happen. It's just because it. of entertainment. they think. Yeah, this but is, surely if but the they
1: series didn't, was that good or itself, good enough, itself it yeah. should have sold itself. Yeah. It shouldn't have to take someone to have to bite the bullet yeah, yeah. in order to create yeah, yeah. that atmosphere. And, um, I, and I, I genuinely can sympathize and emphasize with her because, you know, it's something that is, like I say, it's on national TV. It's not something that people just forget. People have recorded this program. You know, there's a season two now out of it. So if anyone goes on Insight TV and they see season two, they yeah. can really go on to season one yeah. and that will always be there. Like, you know, and it, it comes down to personal experiences with the producers and the people there and you know, there's a lot of bias involved in stuff like that. And I just wish, you know, if they, yeah, I just wish that they did it completely different. Otherwise, because then I'd be full, like promotion and yeah, everything. Yeah, as yeah. soon as that, that one episode came out and they i knew they scripted it like cuz we're all we're there yeah, yeah, yeah. we know when the cameras are rolling yeah, yeah. we know when the cameras aren't rolling yeah. we also can tell because we've spent 10 days with the camera crew the the mentors the coaches we were in the hotel together we know when something looks fake yeah, yeah. or was yeah, fake yeah, yeah. and when it wasn't when yeah. it wasn't in the script or yeah. when it wasn't natural or reality yeah so i just don't understand why you know, surely if you're trying to create this, this is the first reality TV for women's football, you're trying to give the the best impression. Right. I don't understand. Um,
0: like. And the thing I think is the worst bit about it is that I feel like as people, as human beings, one of the things that we have control over in our own life is our own identity and how we want to bring ourselves across. And with reality shows, you're taking away people's identities and you're you're speaking for them, basically. Yeah. And especially when there's something that is totally wrong and it's false, and you edited and scripted it to be a certain way it's like you're messing around with that person's identity and how they walk through life and yep. and you know this is a season one or something that's just died out in but think about to reality shows that are huge in the world and actual people actually go on it and actually become someone yep. but then what they've been portrayed as on tv isn't actually how they are I and mean, they've got to walk through life you know and you're just it gets a little bit deeper and yeah it's like things you know that you can imagine it's what people do but it's like it's just uh for lack of a better word it's just shit um (laughs) um listen I feel like we are like at 55 60 60 percent capacity of the things to talk about and the things to get into um there's a couple things that I have here that we didn't have time for but I do appreciate you coming down I do thank you for coming down um there's when i meet people when there's people that i want to bring it on it's just like i have i i feel like there's someone's story that needs to be heard and that's part of the reason why i do this i want to give people that part that part that moment for them to just tell their story and don't worry we're not bt sport what's <laughs> what you said here <laughs> is gonna go out um oh, you're not ultimate Simba, cold, yeah simba's you? not gonna edit anything the wrong way um
1: no i really appreciate it thank you so much and i think a lot of people appreciate the platform that you're giving them as well
0: i hope they do um but thank you for coming on, selin I appreciate you. Um, let everyone know where to get you out, where, where to find you. Some um, people might be wanting to come down to Metrics and see you. Who knows? Um, your socials, anything you want to give out?
1: Uh, if you do want to come to Metrics and you are a football fan, make sure you come because it is a Narnia of football. Literally, you walk through the doors and it's something you'll never expect. That can be found in White City, Westfield. Um, on instagram it's selling underscore which is quite a tricky name it'll be there but yeah Suspecting it will, will be, be there. there um and i don't really i don't have any other socials <laughs> well
0: i appreciate you Selen. thank you for coming down uh we'll leave it there thank you for tuning in everyone hope you enjoyed episode episode 22 uh we'll be back in a couple weeks have a good morning have a good day have a good night stay safe stay sweet stay strong.